Previously on, those were the days. I thought the new captain was French. I like a captain's log. If anyone has a dog, can you handle that? Orbiting, but never quite landed on the planet. TNG into DS9 into Voyager. But I do have here my limited edition 25th anniversary Star Trek The Next Generation Pez Dispenser Collection. You know, I have 20 feet of just nothing. That they crammed everything that we know of TNG in this pilot. Spock's brain. Gene Roddenberry's beautiful vision of a future that has less two-handed punching of aliens than the original series. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Hello and welcome into Those Were the Days, which is a podcast, but not a podcast about just television. It's a podcast about television that's classic. But not just classic. Classic is in over 20 years old. You know, it's the classic TV that we all grew up with. But not just anybody that grew up with it. No, 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 no. It's just the four of us. Just the four of us in these little chat windows right now, what we grew up with, sitting over here next to the, the telephone. The, the brown phone, though, not the black phone. All right? The one against the wall. And the red chair. The red chair that we pushed against. Yeah, that one. Okay, excellent. Uh, I am your host tonight, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. We are still exploring TV pilots, and we watched something rather interesting. But I can't do this alone. I need a whole bunch of friends. And joining me on this first is Stephen. Diane, I'm on my way to a sleepy little town called Twin Peaks. I went through McDonald's on the way up, and since I was in a hurry, I decided to dine in. I ordered a 20-piece nugget and a quarter pounder. I've been watching my weight recently, as you know, so I decided against the milkshake. There's been a murder. I'm going to look into it. I had them put Big Mac sauce on the quarter pounder. It's a little customization I like to do because I don't really like the smaller patties and the bread in between. I also got the hot mustard sauce because I think the nuggets are too dry without them. Anyway, like I was saying, I'm planning to stop at TGI Fridays for some chicken wings in about an hour. I'll read a paper, then turn in for the night at a reasonably priced motel with HBO and a warm shower. How do they make those burgers so tasty? Also joining us is Audie. Diane, 11.30 on February 24th. Close to entering the town now. You'll never guess what I found on the way here. A magnificent establishment called Bucky's. Spelled B-U, two C's, hyphenated, and two E's. I needed to tank up, and it was the most convenient place to stop. It was full of... It was one heck of a stop. Imagine if a gas station was a theme park, but without the roller coaster rides. But it's so good of a park, you don't miss the rides. That's how good Bucky's is. Plenty of spots to fill up the tank, which I did. I'll get you that total. Then got some, their, some of their damn good food. Amazingly good brisket sandwich, fine chips, great original flavor soda, and the best fudge I've tasted this side of Mackinac Island. And don't get me started on their restrooms. If you ever find yourself in range of a Bucky's, pull over and give it some business. Okay, pulling into town now. About to meet with Sheriff Barry H. Obama. Shouldn't be too hard to remember that. Hopefully he can recommend a good hotel. All I need is someplace clean and reasonably priced. Clean and reasonably priced. And finally, <laughs> it's Amy. Diane, 
Uh, when I get back, can you remind me to edit all this down to like a tight 45? Because I think that's probably all we're going to need. All right. Thank Diane. You're, you're the best. Thanks. <laughs> so first, before I mention what we're watching, Amy likes to do her. We have a Northeastern, uh, you know, fact. Um, Audie talked about getting fudge from Mackinac Island. Uh and that is Mackinac Island. I have to. I'm contractually oh, okay. obligated as a Michigan resident to mention that, and that's okay. It's not. It's spelled <laughs> Mackinac, right? So we watched the tra- the pilot for Twin Peaks, and yeah, let me did. tell you, this was something else. Um, before <laughs> we dive into it too much, I want to go around. I want to find out what everybody uh, knew about Twin Peaks before this show, starting with Audie. Um. I had never watched this show before. I tried once not too long ago. Okay. Didn't get all the way through the pilot. Most of what I know from Twin Peaks is what I hear Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbett going on and on about on TMS. And the random clips Scott would always play on TMS (laughs) from this show. All right. Steven, how about you? I know something, something, Red Room, something, something, Firewalk with Me, Kyle McLaughlin. That's that's about it. And wrapped in plastic, that I know because <laughs> uh, I've heard it probably on TMS. I, I don't know yeah. a thousand times. But yeah, I I wanted to like. I know it's David Lynch. I know it's Twin Peaks. And me, I've never been real curious about David Lynch's work because it's weird. But. I, it, yeah, I did, going in, I knew very little. Coming out, I know a lot more. <laughs> I think. <laughs> you know as much as like anybody, I'm sure. Sure. Amy, how about you? Um, I've never seen Twin Peaks. I am aware of Twin Peaks. I am aware. It, its name gets bandied about in my presence an awful lot. And I know about its like influence. Like I'm pretty sure that... Um, the main, the narrator of Welcome to Night Vale. I'm pretty sure that his last name is Palmer because of Twin Peaks. Like, I'm pretty sure. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be a coincidence, but I'm pretty sure it's like a nod to Twin Peaks because Night Vale is a place where weird things happen and it's, sure. you know, a whole thing. Um, but yeah, it's about the limit of my knowledge. That's Twin fair. Um, well, we're going to be a perfect four for four because I had never watched Twin Peaks before. <laughs> Um, I remember it being on the air. I was too young to watch it when it premiered. And it wasn't something that either of my parents cared at all about. It just wasn't their type of thing. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't something that I could have even accidentally saw while they were watching it. And when I was younger, I didn't fully, I like, I didn't grasp David Lynch and I didn't really want to, I just felt like it was too weird for weird sake. Um, in the last few years, I've started really glomming on to a lot of the weird stuff that's out there. And I've, I've discovered that I like to embrace the weird. And so I've started watching David Lynch. And it is weird. But I love all of it. Like, it's, it's so bonkers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just so surreal. And he forces all these questions on you. And then, and then when you ask them, he says, I don't know. And it <laughs> kind of makes it better. And See, so watching, I- watching this was a treat. Because I've wanted to do it for so long. I didn't think this was very weird. It got to one good weird part, and I was like, all right, here we go. And then it, I was like, okay. 
So it did that a lot. It got weird a lot. It it weirdness existed in the periphery of whatever mm-hmm. you were watching. I found a lot background things, odd cut twos and cutaways. There was a, mm-hmm. there were weirdness. It just wasn't always in the main. Yeah. So well, it, your course wasn't always right. Of of right the there. of the Lynch projects that I have watched, um, I would say this is the least weird single thing this particular episode but yeah. given that what i've watched is mulholland drive blue velvet and eraser head um yeah. that mm-hmm. that bar was set rather high <laughs> right um sure. like eraser head is less a movie and more of a, an experience to go mm-hmm. through um it also but, feels like this being a david lynch thing it's just like I'm sucking you in, people. Just wait. It's coming. Well, yeah, and, it's and coming. that's it. Like, this was just scratching the surface, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. And I'm, spoiler alert, I'm going to be watching more Twin Peaks very soon, just in general, because I want to. Uh, but this, it gets weirder. But the weirdness in this is like just weird, surreal people. And there's moments in this pilot that, uh, that were unscripted that I just loved, and they had that Lynch feel to them. Um, the basic plot of the pilot and the series in general is that uh, Laura Palmer is like the homecoming queen of this um, high school in Twin Peaks, uh, Washington, right? So it's that in the, it was originally entitled uh, Northwest Passage was going to be the series title, and then they changed it to Twin Peaks. Um, Good but change. They kept, the, they kept the name of this as Northwest Passage for this particular episode name. Um, and it was a hour and a half long TV movie. Um, which yeah. debuted in 1990. Uh, it was April 8th, 1990, and it drew 34.6 million viewers. It was, I believe, the second highest rated single uh, show of that particular week behind America's Funniest Home Videos, maybe, something like that. I mean, so, which, that was a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was well, a hard bar to cross. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... You know. I was probably watching America's Funniest Home Videos yeah. while this was happening. So. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, so it, it involves Laura Palmer is the homecoming queen. She's found one morning dead, wrapped in plastic at the side of a river by a man who... Wrapped in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> and right away you get the very Lynchian... Yeah, you get that yeah. very Lynchian feel of he just like looks at his wife and says, gone fishing, and then heads outside. And he's walking along, talking to himself about the lonely foghorn, and then turns and sees this uh, a body, and and there we go. It sets things off. Um, and uh, so Kyle McLaughlin plays FBI agent uh, Cooper, and um, he's great. I love Kyle McLaughlin anyway, but he's he's so much fun in this because he's got this like weird. I don't know. There's just this weird energy about him. He's so excited to be here, and he loves the trees. He's obsessed with the trees as he's driving in, uh, talking to I feel Diane. Like he was. I feel like he was having the absolute most fun <laughs> in this show. Not like a fun character, but just having fun being this character. I think so. Um, and he uh, he's always talking, recording to uh, Diane, whomever that is, uh, presumably a secretary back at the FBI. Sure. I don't know that we ever find out. It I'm could curious. be his cat. I wouldn't. I mean, it could equally. be. Yeah. Um, but the the smiles that he would give at points, like the that grin that he would get when something would just tickle his fancy, like 
just killed me when they when he sits down in front of all the donuts towards the end. Mm. Just, <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> um, he's he's like the the narrator of the story. It's like he knows more than mm-hmm. he's supposed to know as a character, and it's like he almost you know how you have that character proxy that you're. You know, you're the outsider that comes in. We talk about Cheers where Diane was the proxy to this environment for us. Yeah. Like, Kyle's like that, but the backwards, or Cooper, whatever you want to refer to it. Also, there's not enough movie stars in the world named Kyle. I I don't know. He's, like, the only (laughs) one I'm aware of is Kyle McLaughlin. Uh, But, like, he's he's the guy. He knows more than you know, but he's also your proxy. He knows more than everyone, but you're kind of going in. It it was a weird uh, change-up to me. He's yeah. not the clueless one. He's the one that's like, they didn't do it. That one didn't do it. He didn't do it. We should follow him, but he probably didn't do it. Kind of mm-hmm. like he just knows the story already. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Um, so he's Special Agent Dale Cooper. Michael uh, Ontkeen. I'm sure that's not right, but that's what we're going with. <laughs> Sounds like a typo. <laughs> Plays Sheriff Harry S. Truman, which is a great name also. I love... Like that, That again, that's that, that just... It's weird because he's Sheriff Harry Truman. And <laughs> there was an episode of Psych that parodied um, and was also an homage to Twin Peaks called Dual Spires. And in that, they had Sheriff Andrew Jackson. Yes. <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, it also had a bunch of actors from the Twin Peaks series. So, like, Dana Ashbrook, who plays Bobby Briggs in this, the high school kid, was in mm-hmm. that episode of Psych. And a character, an actor that comes along later, I know, um, is Lenny Van Dolan. He was in it. Ray Wise, who plays Leland Palmer in this, was in Psych. Like, mm-hmm. did a lot of that. But, um, yeah, you had Sheriff Harry Truman, Dana Ashbrook, who I, I'm not used to seeing him with dark hair. Like, I've only pay, ever seen him with gray hair. So seeing him here, he's just a baby. Mm-hmm. And that, So many of them were. That late 80s high school hair, too, that Bobby oh, yeah. has. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, all those choice. 30-year-old high schoolers are really <laughs> doing their thing again. Um, Laura Flynn Boyle is in this. Um, She's the one that seemed really baby-faced to me because I remember I didn't watch it necessarily, but seeing the practice on TV or reruns mm-hmm. or commercials for something, like she just always seemed, and it was like, you know, she was like this powerful woman on that show and seeing her as like this little high schooler, it was like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Sherilyn Fenn was Audrey Horn, uh, who has the, the great, like, patent leather shoes, her little, uh, what are those, Mary Janes? Is that what they're called? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The black no, and white. No, those aren't Mary Janes. No, the Those are saddle white. shoes. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I don't know shoes. Yeah. Mary Janes have the strap. They're like, they're like, uh, slip-ons with a strap over your mm. foot. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just a host of weird, like... Quirky characters, I think, is what we'll call them. My favorite character, by the way, in this entire episode was the kid in the high school who closes his locker and then Dude. just does the goofy dance yes. down the hallway yes. for no reason at all. That was like one of those background things I was telling you about. Like That's the kind of weirdness that I'm here for. That's what. <laughs> so at the beginning, like there's so many tones, and it's so somber, and I was so mad at you because you don't make an empath watch a show where a kid dies and the parents are giving realistic reactions to this event. You, I'm okay with it zooming out into the sky and them yelling no at the top of their lungs. <laughs> Breaking down is, is not, okay. not okay with me. Oh, I was God. so, I, I was like, I Travis, say, I though, hate you. Watching it on Paramount Plus, 
the mom is like <laughs> sobbing, right? Like sobbing, mm-hmm. just completely broken down. Like when when she know, like when they know for for sure, right? Like mm-hmm. she suspects yeah. it, and, the, and she's sobbing. And then you go to a commercial. And then there's three commercials, and it comes back, and just like right in the middle, and she just picks it right back up. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I can't. What are we doing? I'm real glad I pay for the ad free Paramount Plus at this yeah. point because that would have broke. That would have really ruined the mood. Same, yeah. <laughs> but you, you mentioning how real those performances were, though. Um, oh yeah. Ray Wise when he, like his performance at that scene, because so it's Laura's dad, and he's at the hotel about to give a presentation to a group of um Norwegian. Norwegians. Norwegians who are going Norwegians. Yeah, who are like buying into something. We're supposed the, to. Yeah, are supposed to. Gets the call that his wife is, you know, gets told his wife is on the phone. That whole scene, he is so good in it. So because good. like I, when, I made a note, give Ray Wise all the awards. All of them. I 100%. Yeah, I just I love that. And meanwhile, he's on the phone with his wife who is breaking down in in hysterics. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, I really did enjoy that. But yeah, then you get the tension broken with goofy stuff like that going on in the background with that kid, which was unscripted. <laughs> that was just like... <laughs> Good on that kid. Was probably... It was awesome. Was probably on the day just like, I don't know, close the locker and I don't know, do something weird. And he just mm-hmm. does this little like worm interpretive dance thing and goes down the hallway. And I was like, that's amazing. Because the other part of it is, I guarantee you, that you probably went to high school with somebody who did that at some point. Yeah. That's like, why I was like, oh, yeah. it's not like I didn't strike me as weird. It just struck me as, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. the weirdness I mean, of it that, is to that see that it. That was in one the of show. my friends in high school for sure. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not even care if anybody's watching. Just going to do yeah. that. Yep. That's just Mikey weird dancing thing. like he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, and most of the episode is uh, Sheriff Truman and uh, Agent Cooper trying to just figure out who killed Laura Palmer. Um, you have her best friend, Donna, uh, Laura Flynn Boyle, and uh, Bobby is Laura's boyfriend, who's also in apparently a side relationship with Shelly, a local uh, waitress at the restaurant. That scene also was just kind of like that first scene in the restaurant where Heidi shows up and they're, mm-hmm. they're that was mm-hmm. cute. That was adorable. Um, and then he plays the song and they leave. Uh, I loved <laughs> I did like when he's driving up to the house with her because they're, you know, they're obviously going to her house to get busy and then her husband is home. And so he just slams on the brakes. She gets out and he just peels out of there. Like he just takes right off and she's nowhere to be seen. I I kept looking for her in the background as he's driving away. Like, nope, no actor out there. (laughs) So, oh, well, Um, when it gets announced at the school, also the screaming girl. When the when the police officer comes in to talk to the homeroom, mm-hmm. and she's taking attendance, um, the girl screaming and running out that wasn't scripted either. That was just like a an insert thing because that was what Lynch did a lot of in this. From what I was reading, was a lot of weird um, or or just abnormal like improvs on the moment. Like for instance, um, when Cooper is examining Laura Palmer's body and. Um, He's in there with Sheriff Truman and the doctor, the coroner, and there's and he he makes mention of that fluorescent light the that fluorescent keeps flickering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That wasn't uh, scripted. That was a malfunctioning light. And David Lynch was like, "No, nah, you know what? Keep it in. It's it. it I mean, it works. It's yeah. disconcerting, and let's keep it in." And then they added, 
and I love this because I had to watch the scene a second time. They added in Cooper telling the doctor, hey, can you leave us alone? Can you, can you leave the room? And the guy responding with, Jim? Because he, the actor <laughs> thought he was asking what his name was. <laughs> and, and Lynch was like, you know what? Keep it in. <laughs> so, so Agent Cooper says, can you, can you leave us alone? He goes, Jim. Yeah, can you leave us alone? And then he just walks out. <laughs> nice. It doesn't make any sense, but that's fine. Mm. There was another one, which is right at the end, during that little dream sequence. Um, if you are able to watch it and pay close attention, in the mirror reflected in the bedroom, there's a guy behind some of the furniture. And that wasn't part of the script, but the he was like the set decorator or something. He was part of the crew. And they were moving furniture around, and someone said, hey, if you don't get out of there, you're going to get caught behind the furniture. And Lynch was like, hold on. And he filmed him behind that and then used it later. And like <laughs> it was, uh, the cinematographer said something like, well, you're going to have to reshoot that. And he goes, no, 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 just leave it in there. It'll be weird, and nobody will understand what it means. So there's just like a dude see, in the back. That's, that's my whole thing, right? It's not like deep. You know, it's just lazy. (laughs) But what he did, but what he did was he thought it made for an interesting visual. And then he incorporated it into the series later because I did read something where he becomes a character later. But it was born out of like, well, guys there, this is kind of cool looking. Let me just shoot this and I'll figure out what to do with it later. Yeah. And that to me is something that I just enjoy because weird stuff or, or happy accidents like that can make for sometimes really interesting plot points. And sometimes just like, what the hell is that? I don't know. Do you No, I don't. And you just move on. So, yeah, I mean, good of him to use it like that. That's smart to do that. But I mean, it's, it's easy when you've got a contemporary show and you know, you're not some like futuristic sci-fi show and some guy accidentally is standing over on the side and it gets caught on camera, you know, or, or or a period piece or about make- pirates, and there's a guy with a cowboy hat on the deck of your mm-hmm. boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a series about dragons, and they leave their McDonald's cup on the table. You know, that kind of stuff. I Not feel that like that-, that would work if you were David David Lynch. You'd just be like, and everybody would be, just like, be like, oh, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and You have a reputation for being a weirdo, so we're just going to accept it. You get a lot, a lot less I th- nitpicking. Yeah, and I think why it works for me is because he doesn't get pretend. He doesn't get pretentious about it. People can, people can interpret all sorts of stuff into it. And he's like, I don't. I just thought that looked cool in the day, and that's why I did. That. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of you ever see the movie Finding Forrester with Sean Connery? It's one of my favorite movies in the I world. I have. Uh, but at one point, he says he quit writing because he got tired of what everyone telling him what he was trying to say. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, this sounds yeah. sounds about like what David Lynch would do. Like, I don't. It's not that deep, folks. No, just calm down. No, it's not. It's just doing a thing for the sake of like doing it and then letting people interpret it however they want, which is what I yeah. I have come to enjoy. That's why, and I've I think I've mentioned it on this show before, but I know when I watched. Um, I watched The Last Drive-In with Joe Blah Blah on Shudder. And they had Phil Tippett Wait, on. those words? Joe Blah Blah Blah? Joe Bob. What is that? Joe, Joe Bob. Bob. Joe okay. Bob Briggs is a character. Um, he does a, a show on Shudder. He used to do Monster Vision on TNT back in the day. Um, mm. And then uh, he's done a bunch of... And he's, it's always like 
cheesy monster movies or, or yeah. B grade horror, C grade horror movies, that kind of stuff, exploitation films. Um, but he had Phil Tippett on for a animated film that Phil Tippett made called Mad God, which if you've ever seen it, it's fairly new. It is experimental. I think is a nice way to put it. <laughs> it's a movie that Phil Tippett took like 20 years to make. It's all stop motion animation, hand done. Um, Dang. but it is beyond bizarre. None of it makes any sense at all. And at one point, Joe Bob, who's while he's interviewing him says, Phil, what is mad God about? And Phil pauses and then says, it's about 85 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was as much as he would say. That's a good answer. Mm-hmm. That's like, incredible. that's perfect. And that's what, that's that's how I feel with like David Lynch does a lot of that kind of stuff where he'll just put something out there and then it's like what is it about and I just watch it who cares um, but this was a phenomenon Twin Peaks um, was huge in its time and it was heralded as the show that would change television in some ways it kind of did because I feel like Twin Peaks paved the way for something like the X Files yeah mm-hmm. to exist I saw a lot of that DNA in here. Um, and it was highly, I mean, it was, it was highly influential for creators as well, you know, in television, in video games, in books, um, you know, you mentioned Night Vale, Amy, as a podcast that has some definite Twin Peaks influence. Um, there's a game that came out a few years ago, Thimbleweed Park, um, that I love and I know Steven's played. I think Amy, you've played it or at least seen it. it. Um, high, that's heavily influenced by Twin Peaks and X Files. Um, Hugely so, because uh, I mean, I was thinking about all the crazy characters that are in uh, in Thimbleweed Park and the music in particular. Mm-hmm. It's very much like playing Twin Peaks, the video game. I will say, to some I degree. did very much enjoy the music. Man, oh, it was the good! Music. The music was really good. The rest like, of it, yeah. I could have left, but the music was quite good. <laughs> it was heavy there at the beginning, though. I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> somebody's leaning real hard on this synthesizer, and I don't yeah. know if I can take it. But then when Cooper comes along and it plays that like funky, slow surf rock mm-hmm. guitar deal, I'm like, all right, I'm just anytime they want to play that, I'm here for it because <laughs> it is setting the feel for this show. There's that. As, it does exactly what the score should do for something. Yeah, there's like that little bit of swingy jazz that'll play yep. in scenes, yeah. um, like anything mm-hmm. with Audrey. Now there again, like mm-hmm. the character of Audrey is a very David Lynch type of character where she's just, I, she has no bearing on the plot whatsoever she's for this episode. Agents of Chaos. Yeah. Yes. Like I wrote down, Audrey sucks in my yeah. notes. I actually uh, had the exact same note. Is- <laughs> she sucks. No, you spill coffee on somebody's papers like you are a monster. Uh-huh. Uh, like on purpose. That mm-hmm. ticked me off to no end. I was so she mad at her. She just the intrusive thoughts win. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. She's every if impulsive thought with, you ever if confronted had. Confronted with a, a a coffee cup and a pencil. Yeah. No, I get it. But then, I like, I've thought that before, but I'm not going to do it. What the <laughs> devil? And then she goes directly from that into the other room where the Norwegians are all like doing mm-hmm. something. They're they're translating something, I think, or taking like English, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then, and she like makes it a point to draw their attention to tell them the that her friend from high school was found dead, and just stand there. And they all, I laughed out loud though when they all stop, look at each other, and then look back at her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was when they and were I, leaving that killed me. 
Yeah, the I was on the floor. Are leaving. The Norwegians yeah. are leaving. I was on the floor. I was, <laughs> I'm in the middle of a murder mystery that initially had me a mess and is now confused me to the point mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm watching a comedy or a drama or a murder. I don't know what's going on. But the Norwegians are leaving is mm-hmm. not something I expected to hear when this started. <laughs> I'm um, glad they're leaving because the, that scene just before she says anything, he makes the one comment that just made uh-huh. me just a little bit uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Is uh-huh. something wrong, young pretty girl? I was like, <gasps> ooh, that. I mm. feel like it's like I was ooh. I was willing to chalk it up to um, not being great at English. Yeah, sure. translation yeah. problem. I was willing to. I was but willing to give him the I'm really good at English, and that hit me the wrong way. Yeah, it was so. not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was also 1989, so. Yeah. Sure. Um, and, and it's David Lynch's world, which is always mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just, like, not ours. Like, people don't do things that, <laughs> that normal human beings do mm-hmm. in, in David Lynch's universe. Yeah. Um, Speaking of normal things people normal don't do is when – the mom is calling around looking for her daughter. There's one lady that just wanders over and starts playing with a big old pair of scissors like a fidget spinner. And I don't know if anybody else picked up on that, but I'm like, why she got these giant scissors? She's just clapping. I'm like, what is going? That's another peculiarity for me. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why does she have those in her hand? There's no paper. She wasn't cutting anything. But now there's scissors. What are we doing? Meh. Why not? Um, you also had like. <laughs> The one uh, psychiatrist doctor who sees uh, Cooper and Sheriff Truman and like mm-hmm. follows him down because yeah. he wants to follow them to the morgue. Uh-huh. He yeah. was he was a little strange and very yeah. eager. Um. Yeah, yeah, he's done bad things. What? Can we talk what? about the morgue scene again though? Because that was my favorite yes. part. Yes, it was my favorite part. That was the part that was I was like, all right, now we're go now things are going to turn around. Mm-hmm. And there was a letter R, and I was like, "Yes, this is so good." And then, mm-hmm. and then that, and then nothing. Right. So yeah. when he, there's this letter <laughs> R deep, forever. deep in that fingernail. I was that cringing was so like awful. you wouldn't believe mm-hmm. that worked so well. And what's great is it was a sleight of hand trick. It was just oh. uh, apparently Kyle MacLachlan just would did some sleight of hand to make it look like he was digging way deep. While yeah. you know digging the while just pushing them back in his hand, because when oh. I was watching it initially, I had the same thought. I was cringing because I'm like, oh, uh, mm-hmm. fingernails, fingernails yeah. and feet are the thing for me that I can't I can't deal with. Yeah, mm-hmm. I cut my foot open on a shell in a lake when I was a kid. So anytime I see somebody like cut their foot or like even even in a movie like Die Hard that I've seen a billion times. I'm still uh-huh. just like, oh, that's that scene where he pulls the glass out of his foot. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I've never cut my foot, Travis, and that scene will, will it makes me cringe. I think yeah. feet is just, the, we know, it's a good way to know we're not supposed to hurt our feet. Uh, <laughs> or it makes mm-hmm. everything difficult for us yes. to survive. Um, but yeah, fingernails are the other one. So that was really effective. The show does dive into more of that kind of stuff, from what I understand. Again, I haven't watched the rest of it so i'm just going by what i've been told um but it does get into a lot more of the murder mystery behind things now here's Mm -hmm. the we watched 
<clears throat> we watched the 90-minute um, U.S. release of the pilot. There was actually an additional about 20 minutes filmed that they edited in at the end that wraps up the story that that actually exposes who the killer was and wraps everything up. And it was released in Europe as just a movie, a uh, huh. TV movie, and I think in some cinemas. Because they did that in part because uh, they weren't entirely sure if it would get picked up as a show or not. And then when ABC did pick it up, that's when they kind of cut it at the dream sequence and went on with the series. So... Yeah, it was funny. This whole pilot, I kept feeling like, I mean, the start of definitely felt like a movie opening, did not feel like a TV series Mm -hmm. at all. And the whole time I'm like, this feels like a movie that's, he was just like, no, let me drag it out. I want to do more than just a movie. Let me keep doing it. And it's like, well, and it's, it's funny because he would do something similar a few years later. Mulholland Drive, which is a film he put out in 2001, actually began its life as a made for TV movie with the hopes of it being picked up for a series. And so he made the movie um, initially as a TV movie. It didn't get picked up for series. And then he scrapped it, reshot most all of it or reshot like another half to wrap it up as a full movie and released it as Mulholland drive in theaters. So TV, he had, he had gotten into television fairly early on. Um, and he's always one, David Lynch has always wanted to just kind of jump around to different formats too. Um, for a while, he, was, he wasn't making any movies. He was doing weather reports online. He would do videos just giving you the weather every day for whatever reason. Sure. So, you know, it's just, he's just a, he's an eccentric person, <laughs> I think is a way to put it. Um, but the series did continue on beyond this. And pardon me. Ah, sorry. I'm going to not remember to cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> Apologies to audio listeners that that silence is in there. <clears throat> um, <laughs> it's better than hearing me cough. So That sounds like work. Uh, and I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> Leave it in and then never explain it, and people can interpret it however they want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, Why is there silence right there? <laughs> yeah. Every Which is time. also the plot of a movie I really like. But anyway. And why um, are we all being silent? Travis is the only one coughing. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Twin Peaks, it's, it's, a, it's a strange show. It's also, I think, a product of its time, too. I think that that could mm-hmm. be a part of, especially you know when you're looking for and you've heard about how weird it is, and then you watch this. And it's quirky. It's a little strange, but it's not like completely bonkers weird. But we're also almost, you know, 35 years from when it came out. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten a lot of very strange media since then because of this. So kind of imagine watching this in 1990 for the first time when you're used to just your basic half hour sitcoms or like, you know, Mm -hmm. the the hour dramas that we got were the A-Team and... um, you know, Hill Street Blues and stuff like that. And then this comes along and it's so vastly different. <laughs> so weird. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, that's a good, thank you for setting that stage of where the culture was at the time. Because I had not, I didn't really place it in the same 
places, MacGyver and the A-Team and all those kinds of things that we were used to. Yeah, this was way out in left field if yeah. you consider it in mm-hmm. the context. I mean, it's a full three years before uh, The X-Files hits the air. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a show that really changed things. So I think that kind of plays into it. Um, it's also strange because there's not like there's not super good characters throughout it. There's just like weird, strange people. And this wonderful. This doesn't give you sort of any one central character to follow except for Agent Cooper. I feel like he's the he is the one to follow. Um so you kinda have that and like we don't know anything about Laura Palmer. Um we will learn more, I believe, as the series goes on if you if you do continue watching it. Um but I wanna know, um, I, I have a feeling I already know the answer to this question, but Amy, do you plan on watching any more Twin Peaks? So, like, if the purpose of a pilot is to sell you on a TV show, it didn't. I, I'm good. That's fine. I'm all set. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> just if you to figure out what's up with the letters, you just let me know, and I'll catch up later. I'll go read the wiki. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't. It's just, it was very boring. I was so bored the whole time. <laughs> Um, and I didn't mention the the um, uh, the secretary at the police station. Is, she was great. Oh man, she was phenomenal. Jimmy Robertson. Yeah, and I love her to death. Like she's just my favorite. I've heard her voice in like everything, and I was sitting there watching. Like that's her. I know who she sounds like, but I could not remember like what I knew <laughs> her from, and I still can't think of what show or movie she was in that I know of. I just remember her voice, and I remember saying things. It's driving me crazy. I mean, we looked at the IMDb, and I couldn't figure out what thing I had watched <laughs> with her in it. Yeah, and and I kind of tried to do her bit for my opening, but I didn't do a very good, good job of it. It was good. You did it. You I, did I picked it. up on what you were yeah. doing. It was great. Um, but I just love like her over-explanation of everything. It mm-hmm. just kills me. I just feel um, like so she's great. had to. Like that comes from a place of you're not going to listen to me what I'm saying, so I'm going to just keep saying it until you finally get it. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know if this is part of the series or not, but I think I feel like her and Deputy Andy are an item, and maybe that's why she yeah. has yes. to overexplain everything because Deputy Andy's yeah. kind of Magoo. Poor uh, Andy, he's, he on. can't. He He's can't not, handle. Yeah, this is a small town. This, this yeah. isn't Murder Center, USA. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's used to helping cats out of trees. That poor yeah. guy. I was like, don't make this guy go to look at dead bodies. He That's the guy who got inspired by Andy Griffith. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the, the this is yeah this is Andy and Dag uh, Barney. Mm-hmm. You know, he, that's that's who he wants to be. I was so um, upset that they had him look at that dead body. Leave that man alone. Send him back to look for speeders on the highway or something. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I did like him, and I liked I liked that character. Um, Phil brings up a good point in the chat. Twin Peaks isn't the four-dimensional chess people think it is. It's madness wrapped up in a parody of soap operas, and that's why it's mm-hmm. fun. And if you do think about it that way, it is very much a parody of a soap opera. And everybody, like, a lot of overacting, a lot of really overdone stuff, or just people doing things that don't make any sense. Like, why did Bobby and his friend start barking at James at the Dude, end for no reason? That was yeah. wild. It was wild. I, yeah. Like, just 
stuff. Stuff happens. Why? We don't mm-hmm. know. Does Does anyone care? Not really. It's just sort of there. Stephen, are you gonna Are you Bobby, gonna watch any more of this? Yeah, a hundred percent, all day. I told my wife I was like, I don't know what I just watched, but I know that I enjoyed the crap out of it. I had to get about twenty minutes in, uh, and if you hadn't forced me to watch this, I don't know that I would have made it that far. Because uh, I was like, okay, the synthesizer is going to get the best of me. I'm not going to be able to handle it anymore. And then finally, at 36 minutes, Cooper shows up, and the entire show changed for me. And then there's the high school door locker guy. He's the champion that <laughs> kept me interested through the hard times. And then Bobby and his mullet friend, like going Mike, to pick up yeah. uh, Donna. Mm-hmm. Like mullet guy sucks. I wrote that in my notes too. He he sucks. Drapes lady. We didn't even talk about drapes lady. We did not she talk about drapes lady. Killed me. Just why does she have an eye patch? And why the drapes don't matter? But her opening and closing them at the end of the night, mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe. I was like, "What just happened?" And then log lady. We didn't talk about log lady. No, I have so lady. many reasons. She's just log lady carried a log around like a baby. And and the mayor, like, is this thing on? I was just enamored. I cannot <laughs> stop loving everything I watched about this show. I'm in. I told my wife, I said, I don't, I think this is for you. I don't really know. I don't know who this is for, but she <laughs> loves Dateline. She watches it all the time. <laughs> so, like, this is basically Dateline for weirdos. We're going to have an awesome time watching this thing. And I was like, I will watch it again with you because I'm going to look at the weird stuff in the background that I don't even, I didn't even notice the first time because I'm sure it's there. Uh, I'm just. I'm over the moon. I'm over the moon. The biker bar that was small on the outside and massive on the inside, like a dang soundstage. Is this what people who'd never been to a biker bar think a biker bar is? Because it was weird. It was like a jazz club with leather and bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, I am just... I don't. I can't say enough about how much I enjoyed this. And no, I, I 100 believe that it. that biker bar exists now. Yes, <laughs> like it didn't in 1990, but you can absolutely go there now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm Probably sure. in Washington State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. And it's exclusively Bobby's, playing music that was you know for this show. It's <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's the weird lingering of the camera on things that you don't think it should linger on. That's what gets me. Like Bobby on the roof of the car just drinking and then doing this weird dance. You could have <laughs> cut 10 seconds, but you just stay on him. He's just like, whoa, and like leaning it over and like, what is happening? I was so excited. I was just, I loved it. I would turn on episode two right now. I'm I'm in. I'm sold. I get it. Okay, so we're at 50% would watch it again. Audie, how about you? (laughs) Um, No, I'm on Amy's side with this one. It's just... Thank you. I was starting to believe that I watched a different show from everyone else. No, like... I watched it with different eyes. things happened. We talk about the the weirdness of it and the weirdness of David Lynch, and it's just... That's a weirdness that does not entertain me and do it for me at all. So, like, all those cuts and all those weird, like, hey, let's hold the camera on him for way too long. I'm sitting here like, yeah, yeah it's way too long. Cut that camera. Like, what's next? I, I'm, I'm done watching Bobby dance on the car. Okay, great. Bobby's drunk. Great. Got it. Can we move on yeah. now? So, 
And I've already read the wiki and know what's going on, so I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> like fair. at one point, when whenever I tried to watch it before and I couldn't, I was just like, well, now I didn't want to know what happens. <laughs> Holy crap, Steven, you're in for a ride, dude. <laughs> I, I've, I, it's, it's so weird. I'm glad that we have kind of a split because this is a real good idea of how the world is split on this mm-hmm. show. Like you either are going to find the joke funny or you're going to be just annoyed by the whole thing and not bother. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Like either right. either way is totally fine cuz it makes sense why you wouldn't like it. Like I understand. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's certain shows where you go, "How do you not like that show?" cuz it's kind of out of everything. This show is definitely one where it's okay to walk away. Mm-hmm. You know, have to, no <laughs> one's going to talk you into it yeah. either. I can't I couldn't talk you into liking it. No. And be like, well, you don't see mm-hmm. the depth. Like, no, you, it, the, there is no depth. It's nope. all surface. Mm-hmm. And if you can get it and laugh at the surface, you're going to have a great time. And I'm just, it's so absurd. It goes from like, it's just, I don't know, top-notch television. I'm in. Yeah, I'm on, uh, I'm on your team, Steven. I'm watching more of this. <laughs> I can't wait. It's just, it's just my kind of weird, and I enjoy I that. it was weirder. I it, it was not weird enough. We didn't have the red room in this, which, from what no, I understand, is very which strange. I did or, apparently, um, at one point, inadvertently build in my Animal Crossing home. <laughs> um, I didn't know until I posted pictures of it on the internet. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." There you go. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, we didn't. Basement. We didn't have the turtles. red room, and we didn't have the person that speaks backwards. Um, so that's something to look forward to. <laughs> Steven See, I as just, well. I'll just go watch Gravity Falls again. I just... Hmm. Well, there again, though, like, yeah, like, there's a show that was heavily influenced, obviously, yeah. by, by Twin Peaks as well. And I think that's, that is another part of this, is, like, you don't have to like Twin Peaks. I get it. Like, I totally understand anybody who just is like, it's not for me. But... But you can kind of see where this influenced other oh, stuff. Oh, for sure. And oh, people absolutely. kind of took that idea and either ran with it to an even more absurd level um, or distilled it down into something. Like, they were able to take things with it. So, um, if for nothing else, I'm just glad that it exists um, it's, because it's, it was phenomenal. The, there's a couple more things that I, I wrote down that I think are worth digging into. Why Cooper calls it a movie pictures just boggled my mind, and I was just so happy that somebody went, who took these pictures? And it's a flippant video. It's 1990. <laughs> yeah. It's not like VHS was new. I mean, it'd been around for a while. You think who took this video might be how you would say that. And then she goes, oh, the, the high hitchhiker lady took the pictures. It's a video. What are we doing? <laughs> I just love that that weird... Dialogue and the guy who said "Girl Scout cookies" that tickled me. I don't know why. <laughs> just that just made me so happy. Like, why do you say "Girl Scout"? See, I think I think the reason I like it so much is I'm a weird people watcher, and when people don't fit a pattern, I understand it fascinates me. So <laughs> no, no one in here so this meets show is a just normal a whole bunch of fascinating to you. Yeah, it's just it's so fun to watch because it's so off kilter, and I just I like. That's what I. That's what I look for. If I'm, I'm the guy, the old man sitting in the mall, just while his <laughs> wife is shopping, just staring at people. And I know Whatever. it's not what you're supposed to do, but it's <laughs> it's what I do. And I observe the guy like tying his shoe funny or what. I just, you know, it's me, and this that's why this works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it. Look, we were split 
right down the middle, 50-50 on it. Worked for two of us, and mm-hmm. the other two don't ever want to watch it again. And that's completely fine. I'm not going to hold that against mm-hmm. you at all. Now, had you said that about Star Trek last week, we, we might have to have words. Um, yeah. You're wrong. Right. Those would be the words. Um, but yeah, that's Twin Peaks, and I can't wait to watch more of it. But it's just, it's just, it's, it, it is, it's Twin Peaks. That's the only way I can describe it. Yeah. It is what mm-hmm. it is. Uh, early mm-hmm. 90s, absurd kind of takeoff take off of uh, like primetime soap operas, effectively. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, particularly when uh, Donna and Bobby or John and James, what is the guy's name? They motorcycle in the night. You know, yes. in the woods, mm-hmm. and they just start making out, and nothing makes sense. I'm like, "What are we doing?" That's the soap opera bit that mm-hmm. I don't understand. <laughs> and I was like, what? "What? Where are we?" It's amazing. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'll stop talking about it now. I, well, you know, I do a podcast on Twin Peaks. Has that been done before? <laughs> <laughs> just a there, couple. There might have been a couple. Yeah, just a hundred, yeah. couple hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you do want to watch Twin Peaks, it is currently streaming on Paramount Plus. Uh, so you can get it there, or you mm-hmm. can buy it, I think, on Apple, maybe. Um, I think, I think so. they have it. Yeah. Uh, for a while, oh, that was another thing. For a long time, you could not get the pilot on home video. The The series got oh, released wow. on DVD without the pilot. They just started from episode one on, and it wasn't until 2007 that the pilot was released on home video in the States. You had to get, like, the European version. Then when they put out, like, a super deluxe gold DVD edition, they put both the European cut and the American TV cut of the pilot. And that uh, I thought was kind of cool. But, yeah, I remember so working in JF- a video store when you couldn't buy – you like, you could buy Twin Peaks but not the pilot. And I was like, but everyone hmm. tells me the pilot is the best part. Why would you not have that on there? And it had something to do with rights. That makes sense. Of course. J.F. DuBose sums up this show – exactly how it should be summed up. Twin Peaks is a late-stage soap opera that starts on the season when a soap opera usually runs out of ideas. <laughs> that <laughs> is 100% what this show is. Exactly the best description. If I ever had to tell anybody, that's what I would tell them. It's, the show is run out of ideas, start throwing out the weird stuff, and uh, you, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Find the Excellent. demon-possessed lady. It's time. <laughs> and, uh, and, and have Log Lady. Why is she carrying a log? log? No one cares. Log lady. I want a whole side quest about log lady and and eye patch drapes lady. I want <laughs> both of those, like Laverne and Shirley style, a story. That'd be great. So that was Twin Peaks. Now we're uh, we're going somewhere different next week, Audie. Where are we going? We got a new we got a new topic. Where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> so um, we are doing uh, non. U.S. TV shows. Okay. So, oh boy. Uh, I'm starting with one, starting us off with one that, um, it's it's one that's a little bit of a cheat, only because it did actually air in the States as well, but this is, this is a product of our good friends to the North. That's fine. I was going to say, like, oh. for the sake of our, like, for the sake of the thing, right? Like, as long as it, as it aired in the play, like... Like, yeah. it's just, like, not a U.S. show that filmed in Toronto. Like, that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, made in yeah, Vancouver yeah, yeah, yeah. is not enough. It, as long as it is, it is a product of that oh, country, it's, it's a it's, it's a product of, uh, of I think I Canada. I it is. Do because it, it, it is a show called Do South. Oh. Oh, I did not know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I knew what um, I thought it was. 
that wasn't it. I want to know uh, what you thought it was because I want to know if it's what I thought it was. I want to yeah. know. Is it Degrassi Junior High? No. Is that, no. Oh, okay. No. Nope, that would have been so, a good one. from the 90s. Due south. Um, I thought about starting us off with the pilot just to get us introduced to us, but it was another hour and a half long pilot, so I was like, <laughs> we're, no. We're done with those. We're, we're not done. doing yeah. more of those. I'm so, sorry I, I started it. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we're just going to do... Uh, we are going to do a holiday episode, though, because there's a particular part of it that I wanted to do. So, we're doing Season 1, Episode 10, The Gift of the Wheelman. Okay. Um, nice. And this particular show uh, is only currently on youtube right now um somebody actually i think scrubbed all the dvds and put them on youtube because that's about the only right place on. you can find it at all uh along with some of the behind the scenes making of and stuff so um but we'll get into that when we talk about the show so um but yeah do south season one episode 10 gift of the wheelman nice excellent i'm ready for some canadian television <laughs> let's go so that will end pilot month, our second pilot mm-hmm. month that we have done for this show. Um, I'm looking for feedback here. I got some likes on threads, but nobody responded. However, on mm-hmm. Twitter, Phil Rude did respond with just a gif of uh, the log lady saying, my log does not judge. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of is perfectly fitting for this show. So I think that was uh, great. Thank you, Phil. Um, and uh, yeah, we will be back next week with Due South and non-U.S. television. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. I have to think of something good mm-hmm. for this because um, and I it won't be so many <laughs> I'm 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 thinking of of getting a BritBox subscription for us to share as a result. Like Ooh. I, <laughs> nice. All my favorite old shows. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to send us any feedback, you can find us on Twitter at Those Days Show. Um, we will eventually probably branch out to some other social networks. Uh, you can go to, uh, you can email those were the days show at gmail.com. Send us emails there with uh, your thoughts on uh, Twin Peaks or Due South or any other thing that we've talked about and just, just tell us uh, what you think. We'll read it on the show. Um, you can also go to twodorks.net slash discord and join the Two Dorks Discord where we have a specific channel just for this show. And it's a great community full of wonderful people that we can that you can chat mm-hmm. with as well. So please do that. Um, yeah, any any closing thoughts, Amy, on Twin Peaks? No, I was so bored. Guys, so <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to like it so hard. I was so ready to like it and I it was so boring. It's okay. You don't have to love everything. Yeah. You're in a judgment-free you zone. Can't be in the, you can't my be in the Super Twin Peaks Club. I can't. My log does judge. <laughs> Your log does judge. It finds it wanting. <laughs> Audie, any final thoughts on Twin Peaks? No, but that's fine. I'm just understanding like Donna's dad was after she got arrested, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, how about you? I, you know what I think. I'm de- I will go watch another episode right now. Mm-hmm. I, who needs to sleep? I'm in. Yep, I'm the same <laughs> way. And uh, So until next time, until due south, for Amy, for Steven, for Audie, I'm Travis saying keep it weird. And uh, yeah, keep it weird. Bye. Bye.